the low hill, shadowed by banana and mango trees in the twilight of the late afternoon sun above the Venezuelan jungle, overlooked the heavily guarded camp a half mile away. But that wasn't his immediate problem. Right now, it took everything Dwayne Jenkins could do to ignore the stinging sweat dripping into his eyes. An unwarranted motion or sound might attract his target's attention before he was in position. Finally, from two meters away, he whispered harshly, Who the hell are you, sister, and how did you get here? Holy crap! He couldn't help but smile. What kind of woman said crap when unexpectedly facing a sniper rifle at point-blank range? Not your sister. She gained points for a quick recovery. Now get that rifle out of my face, Jarhead. Ouch! That was low. He wasn't some damned swamp-tromping Marine. Not even ex-Marine. He was ex-75th Rangers of the U.S. Army, now two years in Delta Force. And as an operator for the unit, as Delta called themselves, that made him far superior to any other soldier, no matter what the dudes in SEAL Team 6 thought about it. That also didn't explain who he'd just found here in the perfect sniper position overlooking General Raul Estevan Aguado's encampment. It had taken him over 15 hours to scout out this one perfect gap between the two damn tall trees that made up this sweaty place. And, with just 20 meters to go, he'd spotted her heavily camouflaged form lying among the leaves. It had taken him another half hour to cover that distance without drawing her attention. Where was a cold can of Coke when a guy needed one? This place was worse than Atlanta in the summer. The red earth had been driven so deep into his pores from crawling over the ground that he wondered if his skin color was permanently changed to rust red. Why did evil bastards like Aguado have to come from such places? More immediate problem, dude. Stay focused. The woman's American English was accentless sounding flat to his southern ear, probably from the Pacific Northwest or some other strange part of the country. But there was a thin overlay that matched her Latinate features, full-lipped with dark eyebrows and darker eyes, which was about all he could tell through her camo paint. The slight Spanish lilt shifted her to intriguingly exotic. But she wasn't supposed to be here. No one was. Keeping you in my sights until I get some answers, ma'am. Dwayne kept his HK MSG 90A2 rifle aimed right at the bridge of her nose, a straight through spine cutter if he had to take her down. It would be serious overkill, as the weapon was rated to lethal past 800 meters, and they were whispering at each other from less than two meters apart. With the silencer, his weapon would be even quieter than their whispers but he hadn't spent the last sixteen hours crawling into position to have her death cry give him away. If she so much as squawked as she went down, every goddamn bird in the jungle would light off, giving away his presence. She sighed and nodded toward her own rifle that rested on the ground in front of her. He shifted his focus, though not his aim, then let out a very low whistle of appreciation. A G-28. 
Even his team hadn't gotten their hands on the latest entry into the U.S. Army's sniper arsenal yet. Not quite the same accuracy as his own weapon, but six inches shorter, several pounds lighter, and far more flexible to configure. A whole generational leap forward. Richie, his team's tech, would be geeking out right about now. The fact that he wasn't here to see it almost made Dwayne smile. A Heckler and Cock G-28. What's your point, sister? He drawled it out for Richie's sake, who'd be listening in on Dwayne's radio. Then the implication sank in. If his Delta Force team couldn't get these yet, then who could? Whatever else this woman was, she would be tied to one of the three U.S. Special Mission Units, Delta, SEAL Team 6, or the combat controllers of the Air Force's 24th STS. Or the activity, 